show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you, yes you, in the game. We've got a packed show for you today. Can the Eagles survive without Wentz? Who is the NFC favourite? Can the Makers make a run with Rodgers? Yes, he's back! You're telling me there's a chance! Can the Steelers beat the Pats? Can the Jacks steal a bye? Why were there no Seahawks fans? Who makes the AFC wildcard? Does the league still have an issue with a concussion protocol? It's not the Dreon Show. Yes, this is the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you, yes, you, in the game. I don't know why I've decided that is their new strapline, but it is. Will Gavin, how are you? Did you just have an actual mental breakdown? No. It really felt like it. Well, you know, I heard some people like me doing the intro. I thought I'd go one up, I'd one up it. From the last I time. love I love you doing the intro, but man, that was uh, terrifying. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I got, got <laughs> to the, I got to the point where I wanted to say Devin Hester, but I couldn't get out all of the syllables without dying. So I decided to go just for Hester. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome, Matthew Sherry, as well. Hi, man. I'm I'm still reeling off that. I'll be honest. <laughs> no, yeah, well, I can't. I I don't know how to react. I really don't. Uh, you're all welcome. <laughs> I just the thing is it started really well and then it went so it, far it off the rails so quickly <laughs> <laughs> good grief uh, and uh, uh, do you want the good news or the bad news what's which what's the which which go on let's take the bad news first i forgot Always to press, i forgot call. to press record so therefore well, the good news is i get to do it all again None of that recorded. No, it did. It all recorded. That was just oh. that was just a bit, as they would say in in America. You had me then. Yeah, you well, fully had me. I was all in on that bit. You're welcome. Um, yeah, welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips. Getting Yao in the game. Yes, you. Um, yeah, just doing my brummy. Uh, but yeah, um, Ollie went through all ten of the questions, so the format of today's show has gone out of the window already. But it was going to be. Willie's 10 questions for a Wednesday. This is essentially an extension of when we did the third and out idea, except nobody else had to come up with any ideas because I'm an egomaniac, and we only decided to start recording the show about an hour ago. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So... whoa, whoa. I thought that was an extra thing. What do you mean? Well, I thought those were the things we were talking about, and then there were your other extra 10 questions. <laughs> No, those how, were the how long do you think this podcast is going to be? <laughs> on? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what other ten questions would I come up with outside of that? I don't know. I thought it was your new feature, Willie's ten questions for Wednesday. Yeah, uh, it is, and you it... just read out all ten of the questions. <laughs> What's happening, Ollie? Is this podcast is going to be rebranded the Will Gavin Show? <laughs> And uh, he's just going to decide everything that happens. <laughs> I think you've got me confused with a different egomaniac, mate. <laughs> Whoa! Um, do you want to hear? Are you, are you are you going to be Britain's answer to Colin Cowherd? One man sure. Oh God, no! Dear <laughs> Lord, are you going to appear on Boston's Sky fire. Sports, looking really intently into a ca- Skype camera, which is far too close? Is that Peter King? That's Peter King. Yeah. Yeah, I've never actually heard a single Peter King section no, because we're always on air. Um, but I love Peter King, so uh, I'm sure that that would be glorious. Okay. 
good 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 um yeah so willie's 10 questions for a wednesday but before we get to that ollie has some kind of gripe that he wants to get out and he oh. was te- he was refusing to tell me about it before we went on air because he wanted to save it for the pod so ollie gripe away buddy listen look what's the worst thing that can happen when you go into an office or a small room or whatever what's the worst thing in your opinion that can happen a fart so, yeah fart okay yeah fart is bad um so that a smell of some sorts matthew sherry um i think just the the general people being really close and right next year is uncomfortable in that environment it says the, from, the from most man, man i've ever met <laughs> absolutely zero idea of personal space whatsoever yeah but, but that's personal space with good friends isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean that's right uh i don't mind that too much I, that's very funny I, i'm comfortable with that but will you're on the right lines as i open the door into the talksport 2 office today i was hit by a wall of smell of garlic someone's had garlic and they've not brushed their teeth or um or done some mouthwash the entire place stinks of garlic and it's disgusting there's there's a real problem with our office that um uh not with people stinking just to be clear on that first and foremost but there's a real problem with our office because it is um there's no real pro- like we've got a canteen but it's just like three little three little tables in a, in a sitting area there's nowhere else really to eat your lunch other than that so people tend to either go out for lunch or if they've brought lunch in they'll heat it up in the microwave which is a mini kitchen in the office and then will go ahead and, and just eat it at their desk i have been told off for eating what was considered uh, smelly food before so uh, i didn't think it was i think fish curries stuff yeah. like that Yep. completely unacceptable uh, but like I've been told of eating pasta and stuff before so there's 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 a line that's been crossed and there's also sometimes people who are overly sensitive so uh, uh, what I'm saying is Ollie is I have no sympathy that's it man sorry uh, that's rubbish man uh, because someone is mouthy I'm coding that and, and editing it out before you send me the audio because uh, yeah, that's I'm... all you that's all on you yeah I'd do that but but someone's been mouth breathing garlic breath all over the place and it's an absolute disgrace that i think it's inconsiderate to your fellow co-worker i also like that you went with fellow co-worker yeah yeah just just co-workers fine yeah sorry about that but you know what i'm saying not not like me to correct somebody's english but (laughs) sherry do you agree with me on this or not are you are you Um, well, I mean, ultimately, I would probably be the person who would be guilty of that. But in my case, <laughs> it's I, I, because... enjoying that as a level of uh, honesty. Well, it, I, I don't have a sense of smell, so really, you're talking to me about something that I have absolutely no concept of. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on then. Brilliant. So, so <laughs> no, I mean, it's... what I really like is Ollie told me about this, and you're like, I think you're going to be really sympathetic with this, and I'm like, meh. Also, Ollie, I'm also a monumentally bad mouth breather. So, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'm wondering at this point whether I went to Talksport through the night and ate uh, 
<laughs> garlic heavy dish had created this because I, I would be the number one culprit for this based on what's oh happened. yeah yeah if if we were all together I would have assumed it was you it's so strong yeah, and you'd have been right too honestly I can smell it in the studio someone's been mouth breathing in the studio and I can smell it in here it's just just people should have some consideration I don't eat garlic if I know that I'm doing some studio producing or I'm in a I'm in a studio with you Will Gavin. I mean, apart f- apart from when we go and get a capital kebab, of course. But does that have garlic on it? Oh my god, we have the garlic sauce is legendary at Capital. Oh, garlic and chili. I don't even have the the garlic sauce. I go yogurt right, mint. Yeah. I I have yogurt mint. That's not yogurt mint sauce. The sauce that is in the bowl next to the chili sauce is a garlic sauce, which I don't have. I don't have garlic sauce. I ask for yogurt mint, which they squeeze on. I can You're see a... that it's yogurt mint because it's got yogurt and mint in it. Yeah, I don't believe you. Yeah, but I mean, garlic sauce looks like yogurt mint as well from a kebab shop. No, it doesn't. Yogurt mint is yeah, yogurt. Does. Mint is yogurt mint's got mint bits in it. Yeah, yeah so but so there's, al- there's also there's green so bits in garlic kebab. sauce. Not the not in the crap kebab shops that that we have down here. Then yes, yes, they do. In that capital kebab shop, the garlic sauce has uh, it's a coriander or something in it. I'm not having it. Can, Eat- can I? Yeah. Can can I just ask you as a question, guys? Why, as a rule, is there such a small number of kebab shops in London, and why are the ones that are there so poor in comparison with the rest of the country? I'm sorry, I I I lost track uh, halfway through that sentence because I stopped understanding what you were saying. He's, why? But, how can why are the so? F- why are there so few kebab shops in London, and why is the quality so poor? Well, because there's so many better takeaways. Uh, kebab shop is too prevalent elsewhere. You want one or two kebab shops in a neighbourhood, not lots and lots. And the kebab shop by Talksport is excellent. Yeah, it's one of the best, is actually. It? Oh, it's so why, why, why didn't we go there when we were in Talksport earlier on in the year? It's, it's a great question. Why didn't we go to Capital? Because it's a, it's a great kebab. I was not Jeez. party to all of that, so you, you, you sort that out between yourselves. Should we talk about football instead, rather than uh, rather than Ollie's obsession with, uh, with smell all of a sudden? Yeah, which has seemingly come out of nowhere. I think it's fair enough, but yeah, <laughs> not, not a gripe I've ever heard you have before. Uh, or, or we can talk about how excited we are about seeing Star Wars tomorrow, Ollie. It's up to you. Should we just do that for an hour? I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to be seeing it until the new year because of my brother, and I always go with my brother. My dad and my brother's son, and my brother is offshore at the moment, and I've promised that I'm going to wait. But I am tempted to just Don't go on my own and then go a second Don't wait, time. Just go, Sherry. Just I'm tempted. Just do what Will Gavin does. I'm going to see it at 5 p.m. tomorrow with Ollie, my wife, and our friend Adam. I'm tempted to go and see it tomorrow at like 10 a.m. beforehand. Do you want to go and yeah, see I it could... at 10 a.m. beforehand, Will? No, because I will get in trouble. Yeah, but no one will know. I'm not good enough of a liar. I, I, I wouldn't. It would be obvious I'd seen it already when I wasn't like bricking my pants about how excited I was. I might just work all night tonight and then get everything done, and then I might, I might go and see it tomorrow and just not tell anybody. You'd go to a midnight screening. No, I can't do that. It needs to be when, uh, when I can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you get away with it at midnight? Take uh, take little Brady a, with you. It's not really the done thing, is it? Although he never wakes up at a night. Why not? Why not, Will? You're asking good <laughs> questions. 
Uh, right. Uh, talking of good questions, that was a really bad link, but uh, we'll go with it. Uh, let's do Willie's 10 questions off week oh, 14. Uh, and yeah, I, mean, I told you it was a bad link. I wasn't lying. Um, let's talk, first of all, uh, question one, most obvious question coming off of the back of this week. Can the Eagles go to the Super Bowl without Carson Wentz? They run out, I think, 45, 38 winners over uh, the Los Angeles Rams. And Carson Wentz tears his ACL. I mean, one of those injuries, and we've had a few of them this season, clearly. Aaron Rodgers was an obvious one. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook, when that happened, because I don't think we all expected the Vikings to quite do as well as they have without him, was one of them. But where somebody goes down and just immediately, uh, that was... They clinched the NFC East on Sunday. like, And that's just gone completely under the radar because it felt like their season was over in the blink of an eye as MVP candidate Carson Wentz goes down. But in a season where we get Case Keenum playing at the level he's playing at in Minnesota, is there an argument that he's got enough around them to actually still take the Eagles at least deep in the playoffs, if not to the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> All right, moving, moving on. on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I'm, being, I'm, I think... I'm being absolutely serious. I think they've got the best front four in the NFL. I think they've got a really great offensive line. Vitae has come in and been... He's so athletic. He's been absolutely brilliant at left tackle. At right tackle last year, he was a sham. I never would have guessed he'd have been good at left tackle this year. He's been excellent. I think they've got a good run game. I think they've got a myriad of, of weapons. I think Zach Ertz will be great for Foles. And we've seen Nick Foles in that kind of Andy Reid style offense do a good job before so I, my, I... My, 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 my big issues are twofold um, one the main thing that you said in your soliloquy to start that off <laughs> the, the, the matter is, is that the Rams scored 38 points which tells me that as good as the Eagles defense has been it's not good enough to win with Nick Foles you need a defence that's so good and maybe we thought it could have been that but giving up 38 points in the game is not an all time great defence it's not what an all time great defence does and to prop up Nick, Nick Foles you need that there's also a stat that Philadelphia are in third and six or longer more than any other team in the NFL which tells you everything about what their offensive success has been built upon which is the remarkable Rodgers Russell Wilson like ability of Carson Wentz to extend players and make players that aren't there and that is as much as their offense and their coaching has got a lot of credit it's been built around ultimately unsustainability with Carson Wentz doing that because that's what's got him injured so I just don't see how Nick Foles runs that offense efficiently in the same way because the offense is Carson Wentz and people can talk about the scheme and everything else but ultimately Wentz has been the offence and I just don't see how they can win at a high level against great teams with, with, with those being the, the issues Do you know what was amazing a stat about 20 minutes before uh, Wentz went down that came out on Sunday night they are 12 of 12 in 4th and 1 situations and one. Yeah, that, that is and genuinely that's, that's, incredible and it's all incredible and build around Carson Wentz and I mean uh, as much as their running game's getting a lot of credit and on paper it looks good, it's not actually delivering on first and second down in the way that it will need to, to to kind of prop up Nick Foles, I don't think. And and I have just general questions about whether that's a great offense anyway. I think it's an offense with a with a a great quarterback, and and I think once you take that quarterback out, it'll struggle. Ollie, 
don't know whether I can disagree with much that Matt said there. I think there are some interesting pieces on the offense. Alshon Jeffrey is having a really good year. That catch that he made off inches off the turf on Sunday was outstanding. And Nelson Aguilar has been playing really well. So as long as Foles can get the ball to them, I think they are good enough to make plays. They've got the the interesting backfield. It's worrying the stat about the the first and second downs and then the third down. Uh, And it shows that Carson Wentz had the... Um, not just the ability to get out of those situations and, and complete on third third and fourth downs, but also he had the stones. And Nick Foles hasn't been a viable starter in the NFL for two years. I think it was the Rams three years ago where he was, and that didn't work out. And he wasn't out. viable. And he wasn't even viable. So th- th- he was starting regularly, which is what I mean is really. And I, I don't think he's quite got it there mentally in his locker to unlock defenses as well as and 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 also physically as well as um, as Carson Wentz did. So yeah, I worry for them. Well, that kind of moves us on to question two of Willie's ten questions on a Wednesday. Then, it, if if that is the case, who is the new favourite in the NFC? Because. We had the Panthers beating the Vikings at the weekend. I think a result which obviously blows the NFC South wide open. And and Case Keenum, for all his glory this season, had his worst game of the year by an absolute country mile, turning the ball over three times. And uh, uh, the Panthers' defence looking up to the level it did kind of weeks three through seven or eight, where they were really, really balling. Beyond that, you've obviously got that that. The Falcons and Saints who played on Thursday night, the glut of teams uh, who are all on seven and six and have an outside chance of getting in, and the Cowboys who beat the Giants, the Lions over the Bucks, and the Packers who we will get to uh, separately. But if you had to be pushed, I mean, are we saying that the Vikings are now our, our kind of de facto Super Bowl team? I mean, the Vikings have been my Super Bowl team for the last two three months and then that hasn't changed I mean I think that the Saints are very close to them um, and and the Panthers are the other team the Panthers are kind of that team who on their given week are fantastic but they're really inconsistent and and the Saints have matched up well against them so I would give the edge to the Saints and I think I think the Vikings for me are the clear favourite I mean they nearly won in Carolina coming back and that really is not the Vikings' formula for success the way they nearly won on Sunday so I was as impressed by that loss as I have been anything they've done all season Hunter? Uh, it's, a, it's a really tricky one because the Saints losing in Atlanta when they should have beaten them I think Drew Brees isn't playing as well as everyone makes out and they really missed out I, I don't think anyone's making out that Drew Brees is playing at his top level I think everyone well, kind of well, realises that he has his limitations a bit this year but the run game is so good but on the point you've just made they did really miss Alvin Kamara but it's not like Alvin Kamara's out for the rest of the season he'll probably be back this week so he factors into the equation when you say that the Saints are one of the teams it's like it's like saying the Patriots missed Gronk last week well Gronk's back if he gets injured, the screw, but he's back. So you would say that you judge them based on those players being available. So I would judge the Saints based on the Saints with Alvin Kamara and with Marshawn Lattimore fully healthy. And I think that combination makes them the team who match up best against the Vikings, who for me are ultimately the, the best team in the NFC. I think what works in the Saints' favour is they've got two home games, Jets and Falcons. 
then they go to the Buccaneers on the last day where they, they may already have playoffs sewn up but I think they'll be playing for the division all the way through the Panthers are a tricky one because they have had losses where you haven't expected them to lose and then they lose but then they go and win when you haven't expected them to win um, I think against the Packers it will be a really interesting game next week and whether or not the Packers get anything out of that that is their season there that's their Super Bowl so they will be playing and balling hard Panth- uh, Panthers got then the Buccaneers and then the Falcons away you could conceivably see the Panthers winning two of those at least two maybe three it, it's a shootout between the Panthers and the Saints then and I, I think the Falcons drop off I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of throw into the mix as well because uh, getting ahead of myself but we won't talk about the Jags in terms of this game but one of the kind of latter questions I had on the 10 was why were no Seahawks banned because the Seahawks are obviously still very much in that mix and with Russell Wilson you can never count them out and they showed that on Sunday when they were absolutely dominated for three quarters Jacksonville with a better team on both sides of the ball I, I'm sorry it's ridiculous to say, but through three quarters, Blake Bortles was the better quarterback. Maybe not purely on performance, but in terms of uh, what he'd managed to do with the offense, with the fact that everything around him was working, he'd had the better day. But then Russell Wilson comes out and uh, makes two ridiculous throws, admittedly in blown coverage, in the fourth quarter to get them back into it. My problem is, Bobby Wagner probably out till the playoffs now. KJ Wright, we don't know if he'll be back off the concussion protocol in time for this weekend. For my money, Michael Bennett should have absolutely been banned for his part in what happened at the weekend. Um, I can't believe, particularly considering he wasn't ejected from the game. With Sheldon Richardson and Quinton Jefferson, there's an argument with those two guys that because they were ejected, and that's the way the NFL likes to approach it, is if you're ejected, they don't necessarily ban you, even though they were ejected on kneel downs, which is ridiculous. But without those two linebackers, I think their defense really struggles with everything else missing. And they've got a horrible run in. They've got to face the Rams this weekend. Then they're going two Cowboys with the first game with Ezekiel Elliott back. You know, if they lost the next two weeks, I wouldn't be stunned. I think I'd be surprised. I'd expect Russell Wilson to pull out one of those probably. But do we think that they're still a contender all the way deep into the playoffs with all of those injuries? Well, I mean, the one loss away from, from not even making the playoffs. That's the reality of it. I mean, the, 10 wins doesn't do a huge amount for Seattle because the other teams on 10 wins potentially have tiebreakers over them. So it's make or break every game now for Seattle and their schedule isn't easy. I mean, the next two games are at home to Los Angeles this week, obviously. And then they go to Dallas, who I believe will have Zeke back. So, yeah, I mean, it. it I would say that if they get to the playoffs they're dangerous but right now the the safe money is on them not even reaching the playoffs yeah can't, I can't disagree with that anymore I can't it, like Green Bay have um, have the tiebreaker over them and various other tiebreakers won't go their way so even if they do win out I mean it, they'd be 11-5 and five and perhaps that, that would make it but th- with all of the the injuries uh, <sighs> It's a, it's it's a it's a tough one for them to, to get in. Sadly, oh my heart bleeds for him. Are we are we all discounting the lions out? Lions out, by the way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm just I'm actually just running through the playoff predictor now for the NFC side, and I mean, my, my feeling ultimately on the NFC is that we're heading towards a situation where three teams from the NFC South get in, because if if Carolina beat Green Bay this week 
and Seattle lose, that that is the most likely scenario. Pretty amazing. Like ge- genuinely, it is the most likely scenario because the Rams would win the division, and as I've just mentioned, Seattle's tiebreaker situation is a nightmare. And if that happens, basically, you're looking at Atlanta needing to beat Carolina to get the 10 wins and Atlanta on the tiebreakers have everybody beat they've got Green Bay they've got Seattle they, they, for tiebreakers they've also got Dallas if Dallas snuck in there so they're in a great position tiebreaker wise and if Carolina win this week they're definitely getting to 11 wins and it's most likely the Saints are getting to 11 because they've got two really easy games on the schedule So, uh, what about Green Bay? Next question on the list. Uh, Green Bay come out, come through with a second overtime victory in the space of a week. They uh, barely scrape past the Browns. And there's a uh, before we even get to Rogers. By the way, you've got a big decision to make, Ollie, on Devonte Adams because I think he's the best wide receiver you've got at this point. Uh, he was brilliant this weekend. Jordy Nelson is really showing his age finally, which it, I love Jordy Nelson, but I think that's the that's the position we're in now. And I think that um, he's a better he's a better player than Randall Cobb, and you paid Randall Cobb a lot of money, so it's going to be fascinating to see what they do with the wide receivers. But you scrape by, which I think shows the limitations of your team when you're scraping by the Bucks and the Browns. Is Aaron Rodgers coming back enough for you to beat the Panthers this weekend, let alone go on a three-game run and get everything else go your way and make the playoffs? I'm not sure that it... I'm not. I'm really not sure that it is because the Panthers have made their home field quite formidable, a, a bit of a fortress, and we saw them blow away the Dolphins. We saw them beat a very good Vikings defence there as well. Their defense is playing so well. Case Keenum didn't have a great game. Rogers coming back off of that long layoff and uh, an injury, and you you don't know how he's gonna be in contact or the or even with the threat of contact. What kind of decisions he's gonna make? We don't know what's gonna happen there. When you've got the linebackers that they do, you've got the front four that they have. The Panthers are huge favorites. Because Green Bay's defense has been awful, the offense has been stuttering. The only real consistent part of it has been Jamal Williams, and the Panthers haven't faced someone like Jamal Williams. I think, uh, okay, they 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 faced the Saints, but then the Saints beat them with uh, Kamara and Ingram. So that's that's the my only concern for the Panthers is that they, that Jamal Williams is is on such a hot streak of form. That, that that could be a way that Green Bay win here. We do, like we we do know now as of today that Aaron Rodgers is back this weekend. He's been cleared for contact. We've seen him throwing, and his arm looks incredible. His release is just a disgrace. But uh, he's carried them before, Matt Sherry. Is this is there some kind of argument that because the uh, the kind of mental lift of that of having him back? With the Vikings losing yeah, um, this past weekend, with the Panthers being very up and down, it wouldn't be that stunning, surely? I, I think if you're in the Green Bay locker room, you looked at it three weeks ago and thought, we're out of it. And then you looked at it deeper and you thought, actually, if we win these games, we get Rodgers back. It can work two ways for me. Either the locker room thinks Aaron Rodgers is back, right, it's time to get the pedal to the metal. Or they think Aaron Rodgers is back, well, we'll win the next three games. And then they come out almost overconfident. But the issue with that injury is... 
the, it's not really about him throwing it's about him taking hits and Rodgers' game is so predicate, predicated on extending plays and that offence doesn't function as a, as a viable offence unless he does that is he going to be able to do that? I mean, I I think it's really tough. I really do. I mean, if you could have flipped the schedule around and give them Detroit this week, and then the Panthers, and then Minnesota, I think they have a better chance. But to go straight into Carolina is tough. And if he wins it, all power to him. But the reality is, even if they even if they do win it, they still might not make the playoffs. Even if they win the last three, everything has to fall for Green Bay. So their chances are still really slim on across everything but at least there's a chance still I'm not going to lie there's, there's a, a part of me and, and we joke about the closet Packers thing but there's a big part of me that actually does want to see the Packers win this coming weekend because then you've got Sunday night football the follow, uh, Saturday night football the following weekend is that uh, is that game against the Vikings and yeah I, I, that will be something special if we've got the Vikings coming in like a win would give them the bye. You've got the your Aaron Rodgers coming into that one, knowing that you know every well they're basically already in the playoffs at this point, as far as they're concerned. Combine those two things and put it on the Saturday night. Oh, very exciting. Yeah, and also the, the the key point is like as I've just said, if if Green Bay lose and Seattle lose this week, the playoff race is almost over in the NFC. It is almost certainly the three NFC South teams if that happens. So, for that reason alone, we should all be rooting for the Packers and the Seahawks because it massively opens up an array of possibilities for the final two weeks. There's two games from this past weekend on the AFC side of things that we probably need to talk about in a bit of depth uh, uh, before I ask the next question. And let's start off with Monday Night Football. The uh, Miami Dolphins continue to be Tom Brady's uh, seeming curse uh, on the road. He's now what lost nine of uh, 16 games in Miami, one of only two cities. Uh, he's got a losing record in where he's played more than five games. That and Denver. And uh, yeah, I think if you... Uh, made comparisons between the Denver side of recent years and the Miami Dolphins not even Simon Clancy could get on board with that um, oh maybe I'm maybe I'm overstating that uh, <laughs> but but Definitely. this this was this was a bit of a perfect storm of a of a bad situation for uh, for the Patriots at the weekend the pass rush didn't get pressure on Jay Cutler enough they got to Tom Brady plenty and we know Tom Brady the one time where he does look human is when he's being pressured and not able to even just make those small movements in the pocket which make all the difference for him and with no Rob Gronkowski it makes the offense look very different I, I, it's it's funny that the stats actually that the, the win-loss record actually doesn't stand up to the whole no Rob Gronkowski the Patriots are rubbish yeah, but thing but there's, the, there's the offensive stats do there's a big difference this season as well it's not Rob Gronkowski, it's Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman. That's the difference. I mean, when you take away their two inside threats, I mean, they won the Super Bowl without Gronk last year, but they won it because they still had Edelman. And their two games this season without Gronkowski have been their two worst offensive performances of the season by a good distance. I mean, obviously, Monday night was a shambles. And they weren't great against Tampa Bay either. I think they won 16-9. So... There's a clear correlation there, but I think the correlation is Edelman and Gronkowski are just two big losses. And I mean, where's the surprise in that? I mean, name me a team where if you took their best two offensive skill players out, 
who wouldn't struggle? I mean, it's only natural, but we just expect such ludicrous, and I'm the same as a fan, we have such ludicrously high expectations of the Patriots, we think they'll overcome anything, but you can't take those two guys out and expect the same kind of production. And here's the the problem, because uh, the other game we're going to talk about is the Steelers game. And we have to give the Dolphins some love. Uh, One of the best coached games we've seen from Adam Gase this season, uh, particularly considering how difficult they have found it uh, in recent times offensively. And he's been pretty open about how frustrated he's been across the course of this year. Um, There is... So that's that's my love for the Dolphins, by the way. That's that's all, that's all of it. You get Gronk back this weekend, and I actually think Rex Burkhead, uh, as in terms of the over the middle threat, in terms of the coming out of the backfield, has been unbelievably good. He couldn't do it just on his own this past weekend, but we said what a shrewd signing that may well end up being at the beginning of the season. I've been blown away by how good he's been the last six seven weeks, and. I think you put him and Gronk against the Steelers defense that gave up, what, 35, 38 points to, to the Ravens this past week, even though they came out with the win. No Ryan Shazier, no ability to cover over the middle. The Patriots should walk this game with the Steelers this weekend with Gronk. See, I, see I, I think it really is a great matchup for the Patriots. And that, my only concern is, is, is Brady injured and is the toll of being 40 in a 16 game season too much and we'll find out I think this week but I think the Patriots match up really well against them and and they do on defence as well I mean the defence looked bad for a lot of the Dolphins game but then they tightened up at the end but also and I never thought I'd say this but Carl Van Noy has become a really big part of that defence as the as the middle linebacker replacement for Hightower he's really versatile Trey Flowers is the best player on the defensive line or certainly the best pass rusher he should be back as well and the secondary is playing great I mean Gilmore has been superb for the last four or five weeks so I think that they actually match up to the weapons well on the other side as well so yeah I think it's a good match up for, for New England and Pittsburgh has to play man to man coverage well, this is it. can they Joe, do that are they willing let, to do that well the, the, the problem with them playing man to man coverage is that they've been absolutely hiding Cody Sensabar who I, he had a really good game about three weeks ago and even in that game got blown away for a uh, got blown away for a terrible touchdown so w- when you consider well, when you kind of consider that that's what they've been without Joe Hayden they if with Joe Hayden back I believe that secondary has enough that they can a man up that is what they'll have to do this weekend and Joe Hayden is apparently back so that is the small shred of uh, small shred of kind of light at the end of the tunnel for the for the Steelers in I think you're absolutely right this is a really big match I mean Ollie we watched the Steelers Ravens game this weekend and when the Ravens went up 31-20 kind of late in the third quarter and Hinesfield went absolutely dead you were uh, kind of thinking they just I know that they could still beat the Patriots and get the get the head-to-head and therefore make the one seed but you were starting to say this finally the Steelers really showing their deficiencies in a way that we've expected all year do you not think a lot of it was down to really trying to find their feet since Ryan Shazier was out there's a lot of paraphernalia about Shazier and everyone was wearing 50 hashtag Shay leave and I, I just think all of that they needed to get that out of their system and in the second half they finally did and we started to see uh, probably from the middle of the third quarter onwards when they were down 11 points or whatever it was 
we started to see them playing properly. Uh, Antonio Brown doing actual Brown things. I don't think the defense played any better though. I think that the 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 Ravens on. I think their third to last drive got really conservative, and then the Steelers pulled within mm. three, and then they had a, another really easy touchdown drive. I mean, the Steelers couldn't stop the run on the edges, which is what Shazier stopped because of how athletic he was. And they don't really have a guy who can get sideline to sideline. Funny enough, that's probably the weakness of both of these teams heading into Sunday, certainly against the run. So. I don't think the defence improved. I, th- I said to you guys at the time, I thought that Chelsea was the worst possible loss that the Steelers could have had. And a zone defence like that lives and dies with its with its middle linebacker. And he's a huge loss, and it's impossible to see how they find a, a way to mask that over the season unless they just throw out what they usually do, which is play zone. And this is exactly what they need to do against the Patriots because we saw the big issue for the Patriots on Mondays Outside of Gronk, they don't have players who can beat one-on-one, well, beat man coverage. I mean, Brandon Cooks can in his own way, and he certainly can when he's got Gronk getting double coverage, which means he's single covered, but you need to man up on them, and it's interesting to see whether they do it. Pittsburgh have never done that against the Patriots, and it's always cost them, so they need to get sensible and do it, but will they? I mean, who knows? Well, Mike Tomlin is one of the most stubborn, stubborn, stubborn NFL coaches <laughs> in, in the league, so... I, I I wouldn't put it I wouldn't necessarily that he would say that he would do it but you know if it means that they clinch the the number one seed maybe he thinks right we're on such hot form Brown is playing incredibly well we're going to have Juju back and um, you know Big Ben's doing okay the offensive line is doing brilliantly we'll just we'll just win it on offense rather than on defense and that I think is a danger I'm not too I'm not, I don't think that the Patriots defense is actually um, playing as well as you think it is, Matt. And I worry against because they haven't really had any any uh, real great players to play against over the last few weeks. Yet Jarvis Landry and Kenyon Drake is, are tearing them a new hole. So I would say that um, that with the weapons that uh, the Steelers. Um, that the Steelers have, I would really worry about the Patriots in that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I'm, the jury I'm with Ollie, is out. I'm with Ollie on, on the defense. Just to say, is that the last good offense you faced was the Chargers, and that was really before Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers over the last five or six weeks, by the way, it, like it, a time where Carson Wentz has gone down, has been in absolute MVP form. It's been utterly ridiculous. Um, but the yeah, I, the defence, I still think we saw it this weekend. The inability to get pressure, although weirdly, they suddenly started getting it in the fourth quarter. That is my concern. I'm just not sure. It's not getting pressure on Big Ben. with a re- It's a good offensive line in Pittsburgh. You've got the run game. You've got the weapons there. I mean, maybe we're just going to see like a 45-42 utter ridiculous shootout, and it's going to be really good fun. And I mean, obviously, that's what we all hope for a little bit. Yeah, because it's on Sunday Night Football as well. So, oh, like, I mean, no. I, the, 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 only, the only final thing I'd say on the defence is, obviously, to get those players back, which is key. But also, they sent heavy amounts of pressure. I think they blitzed 60% of the time, which is more than they had all season, which is why it looked like there were guys open at times. I didn't think they projected the secondary too well, but it does actually show the confidence that they've started to have in that secondary. So I think they've got an elite secondary, and the rest of the defence, the jury's out, and we'll see. But it will be better with those two players who were missing back. What's going on with Malcolm Butler, though? 
I think he's just sulking, and I think they need to just they need to hope that he figures it out. The to to get the money he wants next year, he needs to play well down the stretch. But the flip side of that is it's the most loaded position group on the team. Eric Rose back now. He played some snaps in the second half. So and Jonathan Jones has developed into one of the better slot cornerbacks in the NFL. So they've got options if he doesn't sort himself out. They're four deep at cornerback, but the the best hope he does because he's the one guy who can match up against somebody like Antonio Brown. And as much as Brown has always had decent days on him. They've been hundred yard days, which for Antonio Brown is a is a below average performance because he's just <laughs> insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> that we're at that point now. <laughs> he 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 is unbelievable though. I mean, especially I mean the the one worry for me is Ben threw some really nice deep balls to him this Sunday. He he threw some really good balls, and I mean the Patriots aren't going to single cover him like Baltimore inexplicably did. But I thought Ben looked better than he's looked in a while on Sunday. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it promises to be an intriguing matchup come this weekend. The question, by the way, was if we're, if we're sticking rigidly to this uh, Willie's ten questions, <laughs> is can the Pats, can the Steelers beat the Pats this weekend? Um, which brings us to the question: If the Steelers do beat the Pats this weekend, can the Jacksonville Jaguars get a bye week? This is ridiculous. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I had, uh, I was uh, winding old Clancy up on uh, on WhatsApp. Uh, I went fishing quite badly, and uh, he did not like it. But uh, then somehow it came back on me, which uh, is probably what I deserved. Um, I but I always believed that the Jags' defense was good enough to have a really good shot against the uh, against the Seahawks this past weekend. I didn't think the game would play out quite the way it did, and I'm amazed at exactly how it did play out because Blake Bortles played really really well and I mean he had one terrible throw in the game but the two touchdown passes were excellent the, the offense was schemed really well for him Leonard Fournette played I think his best performance all round since probably going back to I, I'd say the before his injury before he missed a game before the suspension the, well not the suspension but the team imposed one that kind of form he showed early in the season and you add that great offensive performance to picking off Russell Wilson three times and and everything that defence did again on Sunday I, I just I'm really excited about the Jags you lot started calling me a closet Jags fan I'm not even sure I'm in the closet about it well and, and neither, neither well. you should be because I <laughs> I think I think when we were doing the game on TalkSport on Sunday, we were both cheering the, the Seahawks' mistakes and the Jags making great plays and, and, and actually be, I, thought, I don't know whether it was more that the Seahawks were losing or the Jags were winning, but actually I think it was a bit of both. And I would love for the Jags to do it. It would be incredible, especially with Blake Bortles. And I put a, a, a rather, not inflammatory tweet, but a, a bit of a tongue-in-tongue cheek tweet about the Jags and Bortles are they trolling us and actually coming down the stretch is he any good <laughs> Cherry sent you the most literal answer in the history of man not quite getting I'd, <laughs> I've also forgot that no. irony, irony doesn't work on Twitter <laughs> but actually that game that Bortles played even with the playbook slightly um, simplified for him he still made some really good throws by the, by the way, I mean, by the way, the Jags will be in the playoffs if they beat the Texans this weekend. That's outstanding. They might not have there's won two... the division yet, but they'll be in the playoffs. Like that's awesome. There's a couple of big caveats to to Bortles' performance, um, and I, this I can't remember where I read this, but it was a great point. Um, 
Firstly, there's the fact that, I mean, this isn't the point, but there's the fact that when Wagner went out, the Seattle defence went apart. And similar to Shears here, you, the, he is the most important guy on that Seattle defence. And it's a Seattle defence that, when he's not on the field, which he wasn't then, is without three of their elite players. So, to say he's great against Seattle's defence sounds good, but ultimately it's a decimated defence. Yeah, and, and I think just on that on that point very quickly, the reason I was excited this weekend was because he'd done it the week before. It's back-to-back good games, but when the first one's against the Colts, you're like, should yeah. we actually get excited about that? I still think that we saw against the... I know no Bobby Wagner, but he played well before Wagner went down, and I still think there's enough talent on that Seahawks defence that it was a better performance than the Colts one but, based but, on the talent he was facing. But the second point, which I hadn't thought of, which is a great point, is he knows that defence better than most quarterbacks in the NFL because he's practised against it for the first four years of his career. So I thought that was a great point. Obviously, when Gus Bradley was in Seattle, Jacksonville were running basically that exact same defence. So I think for him, reading the field was a little bit easier. And I think where he gets into trouble is when teams throw things at him that he's really not used to and his brain gets scrambled and when his brain gets scrambled as we saw in that game when he very nearly threw a pick six to Byron Maxwell that would have I think either levelled the game or put Seattle ahead at the end of that great comeback he threw it right into the arms of him and when the pressure's on him when he gets scrambled he is still a major problem that will ultimately be the reason that they don't get to the Super Bowl uh Considering that the Jags are in if they win this weekend and we are talking about the potential of whether or not they can reach the bye, who then makes the who then makes the AFC wild cards? Because we had the Titans cards game this weekend where the Titans were just was that this weekend? Have I got that right? I feel like that was ages ago. Yeah, uh, but it was we, this weekend. Was this weekend yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it dragged so much out of my life that I feel like it was ages ago. Actually, the Titans down scheduled down the stretch. They have to go to San Francisco, which admittedly, whilst not a playoff team, should still beat San Francisco even with their sudden uptick of form with Jimmy Garoppolo. Then they welcome the Rams and the Jags into their buildings the last two weeks. So that becomes very tough for them. Outside of that, we saw the Chiefs finally picking off up a win this weekend against the Raiders and everything finally coming together, even though it was against a bad team. They actually had a run game. They did have the big plays and the defense played well. Plus, they get Marcus Peters back this weekend. And that game this weekend is awesome. In Kansas City, the, the way it's fallen for the NFL with these Saturday night games, in Kansas City, the Chargers, who 30-10 to 10 over Washington, didn't even begin to describe how dominant they were over them. The Chargers nearly outgained them on yardage three times over. They were unbelievably good and probably should have put up 50 points. Um, who so uh, you take all of those guys mix a few mix the bills into the mix and that and the snow game and who do you think makes that AFC those AFC wildcard spots I've just done a predictor online and I've got this. <laughs> I really thought there was going to be more to the, the word after that I did not expect to be online online uh, online on ESPN go to ESPN I've sent you both a link um, I, I've done a predictor I've got the Titans to lose out the Baltimore Ravens the Los Angeles Chargers to get in Kansas City Jacksonville Pittsburgh and New England to win their divisions one seed Pittsburgh two seed Jacksonville I've got a real unexpected wild card I've done the predictor as well I I haven't just to be uh, I'll do it now come on coming with it 
So, Baltimore in as the fifth seed because I think they win out. Like Ollie, I've got the Titans losing their remaining three games, which opens the door for the Miami Dolphins to get in by winning the last three games. <laughs> I feel like it's a Simon uh, Clancy one, but but if you listen to it, they are playing the Bills on the road this week, which is a tough game, but that's a Bills team for whom Tyrod Taylor and Nathan Peterman are potentially out. Mm-hmm. They then go to Kansas City, and that basically becomes a playoff game because if Kansas City win, they're in. And if Miami win, they would then need to beat the Bills at home on the last day of the season to probably get in if Tennessee lose out. So I think Miami still have a chance of getting in as well. Wow. I, I really wasn't going in that direction with it at all. Miami, uh, Miami at 7-9, and nine, so just to win one of their remaining three. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to do my playoff predictor quickly. So if we go to the NFC, of course, I, it was as though... I put, of course I put Green Bay to win out. But the rest of the the results I think are rather realistic, and I've got Green Bay as the sixth seed. They will take on the Los Angeles Rams as the third seed. It would be Atlanta versus New Orleans. I think Atlanta will win that final game against the Carolina Panthers. First seed Philadelphia, second seed Minnesota. But I also have the Dallas Cowboys at ten and six, the Detroit Lions at nine and seven. I think they could easily go. Well, that's that's because they would they, that playoff game, that final game against Green Bay in uh, in Detroit. That's a playoff game, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers win those a couple of times, either against Chicago or Green Bay, of uh, Chicago or the Lions. Uh, so that in in itself is another cracking game in Week 17. What have you got on the the NFC side, Matt? See, I think this has got interesting now because I've I've messed around with this, but now I think I've got what I actually think will happen in the NFC which is the Seahawks beating the Rams this week and and favouring themselves. But I've got Dallas winning out, including beating the Seahawks in Week 16, and crucially, I've got Carolina beating Green Bay this week, which leaves me with Cowboys at New Orleans, sixth seed versus third seed, and then Carolina at Los Angeles, fifth v fourth, and that would be Seahawks missing the playoffs while having two wins over the Rams, which I find interesting. And then, obviously, I'd have Philadelphia as the one seed still, because they, they've actually got a really easy schedule down the stretch. I've got them losing just one of their final three games. Yes, yeah, And Minnesota at 12-4 and four as the two seed. So, so, yeah, Dallas, who I, in my head, didn't really think had a chance of getting in, really do have a chance, because... If Seattle beat Los Angeles this week... In fact, I don't think that game matters to Dallas. Let me have a look. No. If if Dallas win out, they're basically in if Carolina win this week. Exactly. That's interesting. And, and I, I've flipped it. I've got Dallas to win out. However, I've got Green Bay to beat Carolina. I've got one, two, three, four, five, five, four teams on ten and six. Only two of them make it. Incredible. Uh, I, so I haven't done the NFC However, side. Uh, <laughs> go on. However, I did have that. I did have Carolina to beat Atlanta in Week 17, which I'm not convinced will happen, and that'll kick Dallas out and make Atlanta the sixth seed. So I actually have what I've said right the way through, which is three NFC South teams. Willie Gavin, so, did you go on I that link that I sent you? Didn't bother with the NFC side; just did the AFC side of things. So I've got 
the Patriots, Steelers, Jacksonville, all are obviously already in. I've then got the Chargers winning the division essentially by winning out. Baltimore coming in, getting into the playoffs. Uh, and Kansas City just pipping Tennessee on the last day of the season uh, with Jacksonville beating them and Kansas City uh, winning in Denver. So that's what my AFC side looks like. So there we go. Kansas, I, I guess Baltimore, the or- Los Angeles, I guess which I think arguably are the three most talented teams. I guess the only thing that you might not have factored in is whether Jacksonville are really going to be trying in week 17. We're back. Matt Sherry became a robot briefly. Uh, I do think the Jags young team continue to play hard because they've not got that, I don't think, in their DNA yet to, to kind of approach the playoffs I'm, I'm, in that way on year one. This isn't rattling through if you start talking about the Jags. We've got three more questions yeah, to, but to touch on. They'll, they'll, still, <laughs> they'll still be fighting for a, for a bye one. Potentially, yeah, exactly. Um, games we've not discussed, Bears, Bengals, Jets, Broncos. I'm sorry, people, fans of those teams. Uh, we will talk about you another day. Um, the concussion protocol issue with Tom Savage it was kind of the next question. up. I think we've probably not got enough time to get into that in the five minutes we've got now. Uh, I just think that they need to go back and review it again, and we need to see. I think we need to find out more about what happened in that case. The fact that they've put doctors in the stadiums that are non-team doctors and something like that still happens is shocking. And uh, I think the NFL will go into a review of it and it's something we can talk about more at a future date. Does Devin Hester deserve to make the Hall of Fame? Was question nine. Yes, without a doubt. Oh, it's, not, it's without a doubt. I'm a big fan of that. Ollie? Yeah, why not? It's funny <laughs> because people are pretty split on it. I, I think I'm not going to suggest he's in any way... Uh, first ballot but the fact is the way that he changed the way the return game worked and the way that teams prepare for it and uh, (laughs) he kind of joked about it but they changed where the kickoff goes from because of how how prevalent kick returns were becoming and Devin Hester was a big part of that he's got 20 returning touchdowns which is ridiculous in his career I think he's a Hall of Famer but he's one of those ones who gets in on a weak year at some point rather than, than gets in first time I'm not sure he's a first ballot guy, but I definitely think you should get there. You'll have a gold jacket eventually, Devin. That's what we're saying. And who, finally, who, who else is <laughs> who else is retiring this year? That's that's the that's always the question, isn't it? Who, who retires this year kind of determines how good a class it'll be. Tom Brady. I mean, it's always a chance, isn't it? Unlikely, <laughs> but maybe maybe Joe Thomas if he doesn't fancy the recovery from the the injury. Oh, but and by by the way. On that, I said that in this group. Kenny Britt getting to leave the Browns after losing the 12 games he was there for because he left before this weekend and getting to go to the Patriots where he might win a ring while a player like Joe Thomas might never play in the playoffs in his career. Life is not fair. It isn't, but he, he, does, he does help the Patriots, so we'll take it. Uh, and the final question was, is anyone going to watch Thursday Night Football this week live? No. No, absolutely not. And, and, and I will watch it on catch-up either. I'll just pretend that the, the, the whole game never happened. I will watch the 10-minute highlights that you find on YouTube. And uh, mate, if there are 10 minutes of highlights from this game, I'll be stunned. I think it's going to be a banging game. I just don't care. <laughs> Do you really? I think, honestly, I think there could be some interesting things that go on in this game. But, again, it, it doesn't bear any relevance to anyone in either division or any of my teams any of the teams I care about 
any I don't really care for any of the players I quite like CJ Anderson another number 22 hashtag 22 article but you um, know who uh, you know who might retire at the end of the season Matt Sherry Frank Gore I've got one who might and Dwight Freeney as well oh Dwight Freeney is a good shout but Frank Gore uh, playing on Thursday Night Football obviously how many he had 30 plus carries and 130 yards in a game where there were about two feet of snow the man is a machine an absolute machine I hope he doesn't retire because I don't think he'll get he needs to average something like 107 yards a game over the next three games to move above Curtis Martin which I don't think he'll do considering one of them's on Thursday night a week after you've carried the ball 36 times in a game but uh, yeah that's the only thing for me I hope he comes back and plays like two games next year gets above the record and then just walks away sign with the Patriots or someone play two games and then leave go back to the Eli Manning Eli Manning's an interesting one, but I think depending on the coach that comes in, I think they'll draft a quarterback and then uh, and then Eli Manning will stay, start, and they'll keep the guy behind Eli Manning for a season. Mm. I, I think agree. if you're the new head coach coming in and seeing what an absolute mess they made of the uh, the bench of Eli Manning, imagine if you're the new head coach that comes in and goes, you're done. Then you would be uh, perha- perhaps the enemy of New York. I don't know. I don't know. I reckon Frank Gore might go back to the 49ers just for oh. a, just for a couple of to you know get his get his record and then bow out with uh, with grace. I think he'll retire a 49er. Ah oh, well, of course he will. He'll do that one sort of come back for just to retire and the the retirement ceremony and stuff like that. Having spoke, I don't know whether you know this will, but I spoke to uh, Frank <laughs> Gore earlier this year and I didn't see anything in his demeanour that said that he wanted to give up. However, that's not taking into into account how bloodied, dirty, and torn his jersey was, and how black and blue after he was after that game against the against the the, the Bills in the snow. So you never know. You never know. All right, guys. I think that wraps us up for the show. Um, Ollie, go and get some work done. Sherry, go and take some more meetings, whatever it is you do, or go and look after a child. Uh, We will reconvene later this week where we'll have a spoiler-free review of Star Wars, which will basically be just me and Ollie making noises. Uh, Otherwise, any final thoughts, guys? No. No, no, none for me. All right. Good. Right, it's well been done. very laconic in the last five minutes. Uh, I, I've never heard Sherry speak this little. Uh, he's obviously lo- looking at something well. else, isn't he? He's obviously doing something else. <laughs> Clearly. I'm uh, messing right. with this playoff machine. It's, it's great. great. <laughs> I can't understand how you did the AFC, but you didn't bother with the NFC. You just well, quickly riv- you just go through it. It's, it's not hard. Because I knew I was... I, it's just because I knew I was under time constraints, because we were podcasting. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's... It's almost harder to just do the AFC because yeah. you have to find the fixtures. Just answer them all. Uh, I, I, I have to really think. I really, I, don't have to really... I, I really don't understand what you're doing. Right, I'm going. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, tweet us, Akradai. <laughs> Touchdown trips on there. Twitter. If your team are making the playoffs and you want to go out and watch a playoff game, particularly with so many new teams in the playoffs this year, then do get in touch with Ben Mortimer and Touchdown Trips at touchdowntrips.com. Otherwise, thank you for listening, everyone. This has been The Gridiron Show.